What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast a resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for our newsletter at sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. Okay, guys, so uh, I think this should be picking me up just fine, and it is. Well, Jackie has been suggested to us a couple times now, um, either through Ken Badalak or through Jason Bryant. Uh, Jackie has always been a name that's kind of risen to our, our list of people that, well, my list of people that I, I've always wanted to have on the show. Um, did not disappoint, despite her being a little less than 40 minutes away from me. She was able to hop on the call, um, talk about some passions that she has, why she thinks, and I think personally too, everybody should pursue things that they're interested in, and it doesn't really... Uh, make much sense to me or anybody else why you don't do things that you're interested in. I think there's a, a quote that I'll probably pull up here in a little bit, but we will um, talk about a lot today, especially with in terms of uh, some wrestling stuff. Uh, talk about the sport grabbing hold of you. It kind of chooses you in a sense. Um, also, if you're interested in getting in the administrative side of college athletics, this would be the way to do it. Um, Jackie will talk about kind of what she thinks, what, what her path was in order to get there. Um, if you're looking to move higher up within um, your respective university or what have you, wherever you want to be, whatever you want to do, go for it. Um, yeah, and then we will talk about something today that I, I also think is uh, I'm going to try to work on especially with our athletes, um, making sure that they're okay, just in general. Uh, I think Jackie goes through the survey that she had administered to all the student-athletes, and they had put together, the student-athletes put together a mental health panel where somebody came in, they spoke about how to kind of deal with these sort of situations, the different resources, and this was something that they wanted. Um, We asked the question, or I asked the question, um, how can you, the SID, uh, help your student athletes in any sort of way, whether it be mentally. I mean, you don't have to put that burden on yourself, but just letting them know that somebody cares about them, A, and B, that uh, there are resources and that there are people to talk to in the event that uh, something is going wrong. So, um, yeah, we talked about that, and that little quote that I was kind of pulling back up, I, I'm in this group called Over a Man, Um <clears throat> It's a podcast that, one of the reasons why I started podcasting to begin with, um, and this was something that the uh, founder had posted, somebody had messaged him and said, I'm 52 and sometimes feel it's too old to get back on track with life. Uh, Ryan's rebuttal was, consider the alternative, doing nothing and saying the same thing to yourself at 72. So, uh, get going, I would say. Uh, what's coming up here in the next couple of weeks? I mean, we're just going through our normal rotation of people. Um, next week we will have Dave Albrecht of Winona. There was a way to say it, and we talked the other day, and I already forget how to say it. So Winona State, 
up in Minnesota. I wanted to call it Winona, but I know that's wrong. Um, then after that, we will be getting ready for college football season with a special guest. Uh, I think you guys are really, really, really going to like that. Um, again, not a whole lot going on right now. We have football reporting on August 1st. I hope that you guys are, I mean, we're staring into the barrel of the gun here with uh, fall sports catching up to us. So um, hopefully you've had a great summer. If there's any other little vacations that you have uh, planned or want to do or maybe some weekend trips, by all means, go do it and let us all uh, let us know about it. How you doing? So that's all I got. Nothing real too crazy. I'll keep it short and sweet today. So we will start off episode number 129 of the SID cast with Jackie Pawcat of the University of Indianapolis Greyhounds. You can call them U Indy. That's the way that they prefer it. Uh, and really her first start in sports and in the sport industry in general right here on SID So I am from a tiny little farm town in Illinois called Beecher, Illinois. It's about 40 miles directly south of Chicago. And I actually did my undergrad at Butler. My master's is from UND. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. So what did you, um, uh, I mean, did you play sports where you're growing up? Did you always want to be in the sport industry field? So that's actually an interesting story. I am a, I'm actually, as the student athletes would say, I'm a NARP. I'm a non-athletic regular person, a non-athlete regular person. I was always the one behind the scenes, though. I was the manager and statistician for all sorts of different programs in middle school and high school, mainly baseball and basketball is where I got my start, baseball especially. And I wanted to be a sports writer. So I went to Butler for journalism. And ended up working in sports information through an internship with Jim McGrath, who was longtime sports information director at Butler, um, truly a legend in the field. And he convinced me that I would be terrific for college athletics and that I would love a life in college athletics. And so that's how I sort of got started. Ended up with an internship in the statistics department at the NCAA with uh, J.D. Hamilton, Sean Strasitzkar, Jeff Williams, all those folks. And after doing that, went to UIndy, was a graduate assistant in sports information for two years there. And uh, sort of the rest is history, as they say, in terms of how I got my actual start. Yeah. So um, what kind of drew I mean, you, you mentioned that you came for the, the, the journalism. Um, and you ended up with an internship with the sports information office. I mean, how did you go about getting that? Was there a flyer on campus? Uh, I mean, um, what happened there? So I actually, that's a funny story. I actually worked with Jim and his staff quite a bit because I was the sports editor for the Butler Collegian. And so Jim always joked with me that I was going to be his next intern. I was going to be his next intern. And I was like, no, I'm not. I want to be a sports writer. I don't want to do what you do. And I literally get an email from the internship coordinator in the journalism department was like, you start with Jim McGrath on Monday. And I was like, (laughs) I didn't accept this. And she's like, oh, no, like, this is what you're doing. Like, he said that this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. I was like, okay. 
and ended up falling in love with it and am forever thankful to Jim for uh, introducing me to the to the world of college athletics. Did you have kind of a good relationship with that internship coordinator? I would have felt mad if somebody just emailed me and said, you're going to be here when right now? I did. Um, she was a she was a really great person within the journalism school at Butler. And everybody, she was like one of those people everybody knew. And so, yeah, we had a really good relationship. And she was like, no, this is what you're going to do. And I was like, well, okay, I guess that's what I'm going to do then. Uh-huh. Uh, what was it kind of like to to trust yourself a little bit with that? I mean, you weren't really expecting to do it. You had told him over and over and over again, um, I don't want to do what you do. And now all of a sudden you love it. I mean, what's it like having to be able to trust yourself like that? Um, it was interesting. It was really interesting because it was sort of a, it was sort of a situation I wasn't the most comfortable with at first, but then after actually delving into it and realizing everything that was done on a day-to-day basis, I became much more comfortable each day and really, uh, found that it was a good niche for me in terms of being, working in college athletics. Um, and then at the time, thinking that I really wanted to be a sports information director. Yeah, I, I know growing up, uh, you always think you're going to be one thing. For me, it was being a cross-country track coach, you know. So I went to college, and I was like, uh, I was an athlete. And then all of a sudden, I get injured, and I'm in the SID business, you know, one week into being on campus. And I always felt guilty by um, – you know, telling my family, my family got me a bunch of literature. I was looking at doing coaching and everything. All of a sudden you do a whole 180. I mean, um, for you, it was, it was kind of like a lateral move a little bit, right? I mean, you were completely out of your element. No, uh, the writing, uh, the writing side obviously is something that I was perfectly in my element with. It was much more of the stats and things like that. I also have a degree in history as well in addition to journalism so the research and historical side of it really appeals to me um really still appeals to me and is in some of the work i'm doing currently yeah we'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit um what kind of i mean were you hoping to do history within sport i mean what's your kind of niche there uh i just it was sort of i had history as a minor Uh And there was a few professors at Butler that I just really, really loved. And I ended up needing like two more classes to get the history degree as well. And so I just took those my senior year so that and wrote the capstone paper so that I could have the history degree as well. It just sort of worked out that way. <laughs> Why not, right? Um, exactly. So you mentioned you weren't really expecting a whole lot of the statistical stuff. I mean, what, what was some, some things you weren't expecting to know or some things you weren't expecting with the job really when you first started out? Um, well, I mean, obviously there's a learning curve for anybody who's never used stat crew before. Uh, obviously there's a learning curve for someone. If you've never really looked at that, look deeply into the stats of a sport. So for example, I had soccer in my internship and I had never paid attention to soccer before in my life. So never really, I didn't know what an assistant soccer was, that type of a thing. Um, how, that was an, how that was awarded. So learning all those stats and learning how to take those stats was different and was something that I just had never done before. Baseball stats I've been doing since I was probably six years old. 
But other than that, just not something I was used to. So your time at Butler was up. Um, what were you doing with life at that time? I mean, what was the kind of job search process like for you? A uh, little scary or well, did you have some sort of direction? I had a direction in that I, at that point, wanted to be an SID. So it was like, okay, you need to be a GA somewhere. You need to do an internship somewhere, um, that type of a thing. Was thankful uh, thankful to get an opportunity at the NCAA, like I'd mentioned, and then through working at the NCAA, get an opportunity at the University of Indianapolis uh, in, a, in terms of a graduate assistantship. So you're working with a lot of different sports that you had never really worked with before. And like you said, you didn't know any, you had never paid attention to soccer. So what about somebody who is out there maybe starting a new position or maybe an undergrad right now that had maybe, like for me, I might have water polo here in a week. I have never seen water polo before. I mean, what's it like to kind of, yeah, what's it like, um, or what would you say to those that might have to experience those new things? I mean, how do they get acclimated with all that? So it, it's really about, you really need to jump in with both feet, in my opinion. That actually happened when I got to the University of Indianapolis and was given wrestling as my winter sport. I, I went to a high school where I went to a high school where we did not sponsor wrestling. I had never been to a wrestling match in my life prior to coming to the University of Indianapolis. Um, was thrown into hosting events, was thrown into all sorts of things. We host the biggest team tournament in Division II each year, our wrestling program does. And so was thrown into doing that. We had the hosting rights for Indiana Little State that, that year, thrown into doing that. And it was really just jumping in with both feet and really talking to the student athletes, talking to the coaches and understanding the sport and getting an understanding for the sport. And I think it's such a big deal as an SID to show those people that you do want to understand. That was such a big part of how I was able to break into that world and really become a part of their world was to show that I really did want to understand and I really did want to learn and I really did care about what they were doing. Before we get into anything with your wrestling, I have one more question for you and I'll kind of want to, sorry, I dropped that. I have one more question for you. Um, but going back to something that you said, you made the decision in your mind, you want to be in sports information and you're like, okay, I need to do a GA and then I need to do an internship. I mean, is that really, I mean, do you think that that's kind of the path that everybody has to take or is that well, something that you kind of varies from person to person as thunder rolls in the background here? I think that it varies person to person. And I didn't think necessarily I needed both those things. That's just sort of what happened. The graduate assistantship is what I knew that was like the path that I was on, like what I wanted, what I wanted to do to prepare myself. The internship is just something that I sort of got lucky with along the way. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, so you mentioned that she wrestling, and this was something that I want to talk to you about. We had Jason Bryant on months ago. I'm not sure the exact date. Sorry, Jason. But um, he talked a little bit about his kind of love and interest for wrestling, uh, but he had known that all his life. And you said you come from mm -hmm. a high school that didn't have wrestling, and you had to kind of, like you said, jump with both feet into it. I mean, what was it like kind of – uh, falling in love with the sport, to, so to speak? Uh, it's So people who are wrestling people 
will tell will tell people the sport grabs you, the sport chooses you. But that's something I believe certainly to be true, and it has grabbed me, and I've been very very blessed to have made terrific friends through the sport, um, and have been able to do some really really great work through the sport in uh, in bringing awareness, in showcasing some of the history. And also in hopefully providing opportunity on the women's side. So it's just it's a sport that has just has just grabbed me. Awesome. Um, speaking of the women's side of sport, I know the state of Indiana is really starting to sponsor women's wrestling. I mean, what, what mm-hmm. is the? I mean, where do you see the road going with this? As far as I know, several college programs are even starting women's wrestling too. Uh, so there are currently twenty states that sponsor girls wrestling at the high school level in terms of a high school championship. And that number is continually growing. That number was 15, 12 to 15, probably just six, seven months ago. And so it's a sport that is growing exponentially, the women's side of wrestling, that is. And then at the college level, actually just a few weeks ago, the women's wrestling was recommended for emerging sports status at the NCAA level. So that's in we're in hope we're we're hoping that women's wrestling will be an NCAA sponsored sport here within the next few years. That's awesome to hear. I know um like I kinda mentioned, I went to school in Fort Wayne for a little bit. They just started a women's wrestling program too. Mm-hmm. And even this tiny little high school uh by my hometown in Madison. Mm-hmm. Called Scottsburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started a women's wrestling program. Yep. Just out of the blue. It's just this tiny little random High school out in the middle of nowhere is just like, yeah, let's do it. So um, you learn this new sport. You got, you get acclimated to it. You start falling in love with it again. And now you're really starting to do more with it. And that's where we kind of get to where you're at now. You're not in the SID role per se with with every sport. You just have the two. I mean, uh, what, how, what's kind of the balancing act like with it? Are, are you able to focus more on the one sport than you were working on all of them? I mean, um, what's the day-to-day look like for you with that? So um, I have transitioned from a full-time role in our sports information office to a role now where I am, my title is associate athletic director and senior woman administrator for student support and community engagement. So my actual full-time day-to-day is the, essentially, to give a short answer, the student-athlete experience of our student-athletes at the University of Indianapolis. I do, however, have sports information duties for wrestling as well as men's and women's tennis. I've had wrestling continually for the last 10 years, and men's and women's tennis I actually just added last year. I have administrative oversight of both sports, uh, both, well, sorry, all three programs, men's and, being men's and women's tennis. And wrestling, and it's sort of a more immersive um, experience for me in terms of doing their sports information, and then as well as overseeing the program. I also I'm the director of, of wrestling operations as well. You got a big title, and you just keep adding to it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, before we get anything into kind of how you transition to an administrative role, I mean, was when you did make that transition, did you ask to still work with wrestling or did they just kind of hand it to you and say, can you help with this? Um, so it was sort of a mutual agreement. Okay. Uh, 
one, our wrestling program works really, really well with the system we have. Uh, our head coach, Jason Worthen, and our assistant coach, who's also an associate AD within our program, the three of us work very, very well together. So it was sort of a, if it's not broke, don't fix it thing. So it's worked out also with the number of SIDs that we had at the University of Indianapolis at the time for me to keep wrestling and let them focus on the basketball and swimming that we had going on in the winter as well. So it was just sort of this easy transition uh, to where I was going to continue doing what I was doing with wrestling while taking on some other administrative duties and sort of leaving the sports information world as a full-time person. What's the transition been like for you when you made it out of sports information? Um, It's been interesting. I really enjoy the fact that I have an impact on all of our student athletes versus just the select programs that you, that as an SID, uh, I love being immersed in a program like I am with wrestling and with our men's and women's tennis program to an extent as well. It's, uh, but it's really cool to be, be able to work with all of the student athletes and really have, have work that impacts all of the student athletes. Say somebody, I know a lot of SIDs make moves to be uh, associate ADs or assistant ADs or even ADs as we're seeing here lately at a smaller level. Um, maybe they still want to work with one particular program like you, like you. Uh, we'll be going about the way that they should kind of talk to their staff or maybe talk to their department about having both hands in different areas. I think that the reason that it has worked for me is because of showing the worth that I was to that program at that time um, and continue. I do all the travel for a wrestling program as well. Uh, I do travel with them every week. I haven't missed an event in like five years. Uh, <laughs> and I, I take all the pictures. I run the social media accounts as well. They're, there essentially wasn't anybody else that was going to do that. And so by doing that and showing that work, that's how I was able to still stay with that. I mean, our sports information office knew that they weren't going to take that on and do it as I had done it. In order to keep the product where it was with that program, that's how I was able to keep that and negotiate to keep that. I like your role with making sure the the student athletes are, you know, have a, have a great well-being. Um, what does that look like? I mean, what is the kind of the evaluation process? Um, anything you had to change over the past couple of years? Uh, anything you can tell us about that? So I actually, as a part of my role, survey all of our student athletes at the end of their their respective seasons. We survey every student athlete, not just our seniors. And I'm the one responsible for putting together those results, identifying any issues we may have, um, talking about any changes that we may need to make. These can be um, as little as, hey, we've identified that the, the cafeteria isn't doing a great job with putting out healthy food options to, you know, maybe we do need to make a coaching change. So we're talking about a huge scale of things that can be identified through those surveys. And that's something that I think is a huge responsibility 
is to really have that feedback from the student athletes and really act upon that. What are some ways that say these can help with the student athlete well-being? So there's a ton of ways that SIDs can help. Um, SIDs do such a great job of not only promoting what our student athletes are doing on the field, but I think that it would be terrific if we could do so much more of what they're doing off the field. Because I think you can, I think that we can showcase the amazing lives that these student athletes are leading and not necessarily just what is reflected on a stat sheet on a box score. And I think that through having other things than sport around them, that our student athletes are, their well-being as a complete person is much more taken care of. And that's a, that's something that's a big deal to me. Uh, I also advise our student athlete advisory committee. And we focused a lot on mental health within the last year and did a speaker series that we hosted that really focused a lot on mental health topics, having a couple different practitioners come in and speak to smaller groups of student athletes for a little bit more interaction and really give them the tools that they need to take control of their well-being. What has the response been like from the student athletes with this? I mean, now you're giving them the resources, um, whereas years ago, students were just, you know, for lack of a better, shut up and play sport, basically. So, I mean, what has the response been like for them? Uh, what have you seen out of their behavior or maybe some of the responses you get on this survey? Sure. So this is actually, this was actually cultivated through them asking for it. So through yeah. listening to them in respect to what the topics were that they wanted to hear. Um, a student athlete is actually the one that had the overall idea for the series. And then it was I, me helping to pull together the resources that needed to be pulled together in order to do this. So truly, this is something that's been created through their ideas. So through what they've been asking for. Um, the response has been great. We're going to continue it uh, next year and probably for years to come in that we're allowing them to take much more control over the education we're giving them versus just sitting 600 kids in a room and having somebody tell them don't drink. So being able to truly give them control over what they would like to learn about and what we should, what we should be teaching them based upon what they're actually experiencing is something very powerful. And I think is um, something that we've done a really good job of taking that responsive that responsibility very seriously. I think that this is some, this little series that you're talking about. I don't think any other college is going to say no to this. You know what I mean? Like, how, how could you not? And if you ask a student athlete, like, well, do you really want this? Why would they say no? Right? Yeah. So um, I think that this is something that, especially. I, and if anybody's ever listened to me, how I like officially got into sports info, this is kind of how, but um, the student athlete well-being is something that sometimes in, in certain situations, uh, and it's also could be their fault too in, in my case, but um, kind of go on notice a little bit. Talk to your injured athletes. Very, very important. Talk to your injured athletes, especially if they're out for a long time. Like, like if you're there out for months or maybe even a year, maybe they have a surgery, um, 
sometimes people attach themselves to the sport. And like you mentioned with wrestling, sometimes it holds on to you. And imagine being taken out of that. And just talk exactly. to you. That, that's the one thing I have. Talk to the injured athletes. I mean, yeah, they're not on the box score or, yeah, they're not in the recap, but they're still on the team and they're still human beings. So, so. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Um, I wanted to ask you this a little bit. So it sounds like you do quite a bit and we'll talk about the community relations thing. We'll talk about historical stuff. I mean, I got a lot I want to get to here. Um, how has an SID helped you in these roles, especially with working with the student athletes and working with the community? Um, so, so much. So because of my background in sports information, I can take a little bit off of our SID's plates especially when it comes to our community engagement type things, especially when it comes to SAC, I'm the one that puts all those stories on our website. So I'm not asking an SID to do that because I know how to use sidearm. I know how to, I know how to do these things. And that's what my background is in. So thus it's easy for me to just jump in and help out from that side of it. Um, Also, I think that it helps in the storytelling of these things. Um, in addition to just the storytelling, I think that it helps me see different angles as well. Uh, I I know one thing when I moved to this new role in digital media and stuff, we were formulating tweets for kind of look back on our hundred. I'm not I'm not good at math, but since 1887, I went all the way back in our history and I started making these tweets of just stuff kind of list and fun facts and everything. And she's like, we're going to take all of this and not make it sound so paragraphy. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, that's, that's me trying to write a recap in 240 characters. But uh, <laughs> um, exactly. yeah, so the me- the community relations stuff, basically kind of the same. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong and that's totally fine. Um, Kind of the same capacity with sports information. Now you're just working with the media and the marketing or public relations sense, right? Yeah. And it's not as much of, it's not as much of a marketing or media thing. Uh, The model for the university of Indianapolis, the actual motto of the university is education for service. So service is a huge deal on our campus and that's a huge deal to our athletics department as well. Each of our teams does at least one community service project each year, and many of them go way above one. Uh, We've had teams go to other countries to do service. Uh, You know, we've had teams that have formed long-term relationships with disabled children. We've had teams that have just given back so much that you sometimes forget that they're student-athletes. And I think that that's amazing. And so what I do from that respect is I do a lot of the coordination, uh, the matching our teams with organizations, the, you know, from the going along and taking the pictures and making sure that a visit to Riley Children's Hospital goes well, um, things like that. What does uh, matching them look like? I mean, do you take a personality or do you just kind of pluck them and place them wherever you think is best? So a lot of it is based upon like seasons, who's in season, out of season, but there is a lot of personality put in with it as well. Um, in terms of, you know, so like, so for example, our wrestling program works with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We set up for light the night every year, downtown Indianapolis. 
we had a young man on our wrestling team who had leukemia when he was in school. So knowing that it's easy to make that connection. Um, Similarly, our swim program also works with Light the Night because their head coach, his son had leukemia as well when he was younger. So it's being knowing these things and being able to make these connections um, that then make it even more impactful for the program. So I want to move on to something about maybe your career advancement for people. And I know I mentioned that some SIDs out there have become ADs like Aaron Saygraves and Danny Day uh, recently. So mm-hmm. uh, what do you think is the, the best steps for people who are currently in an SID role, maybe want to move into uh, maybe higher up within the department? I mean, what are some steps that they can take there? So I think it's all about it's all about showing your worth and showing that you want to do things maybe a little bit outside of what your role is. That's actually how I moved out of sports information was showing that I wanted to do some other things. I wanted to be involved in some other things. So it started with me being involved with SAC. Um, We had a need for someone to take over SAC and really cultivate that group. And that was something that I really, really wanted to do and something that I still to this day enjoy doing eight years later. Um, In doing that, I showed that side of me. And in turn, my boss was like, wow, there's a need for us here in terms of our student athlete body as a whole and student support. So then that's how I was able to transition from that. So I really think that it is sort of stepping outside of your comfort zone sometimes. Stepping outside of your comfort zone and showing that you have interest in yeah. some other yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's okay to show, to follow things that you're really interested in. You know what I yeah. mean? Like sometimes people restrain themselves or they like to read about stuff online. I mean, I don't understand why sometimes people get a little complacent in where they're yeah. at. Um, it helps you as a per. I mean, I could go on on and on, and I'll probably sound like one of those people that you say preaching to six hundred kids. That's pretty much. Sometimes I preach to six hundred people every week, so um, that that that's what I feel like sometimes. But um, yeah, I, I say step out of your comfort zone. That's something uh, I, I love the the saying do every day. Um, mm-hmm. When Absolutely. I was in undergrad, I still I had took a one credit hour class uh, for half a semester. Uh, I did rock climbing. You know why? Because I was interested. And that's what I did. And that's what I still kind of do from some time to time. I go to the, the wreck here and I'll go and I'll climb for a little while and then I'll go home. I mean, it's, I don't understand why. Uh, I don't know. Some of you need to get out there. But um, talking about wrestling here for a second, uh, some of the historical research and stuff. This is a task that I know that we kind of talked a little bit about off air that this is um, it's about that time of year where people are getting their records together. Uh, what does the research look like on your end and um, how does it work as far as working with outlets and keeping archives and everything like that? Sure. So I identified a need from our program in terms of knowing that we didn't, we didn't, we had a few years where we didn't necessarily know what was going on um, in terms of national qualifiers things like that, just our stats as a program. And through looking back and looking back and trying to find these things, 
I realize this is a huge this is this is a huge problem. This is a problem that a lot of people have within the world of wrestling. Um, quickly found out that there was not an actual known full set of all Division II nationals brackets. Not at the NCAA, not at the NWCA, not anywhere. Um, people had big, huge chunks of them, but didn't have, but were missing years. So there was um, a terrific coach at the University of Wisconsin Parkside, Jim Cook, who was a part of the sport for upwards of 40 years. And he kept meticulous records. And so through working with the coaching staff at Wisconsin Parkside, I was able to go up to Kenosha and get a lot of these records and then actually digitize them myself, scan them all to PDFs, and then worked with uh, Nate at the National Wrestling Coaches Association to create an online archive. So now all of our D2 programs can go and look at all of those brackets from nationals. Um, we have everything up there from 1972 on, so since the split of divisions. And through being able to do this, you know, people have – People have messaged me that they found national qualifiers they didn't have before. And it, even the day that I, I, I just tweeted from my own Twitter, you know, hey, so happy to have gone up to Parkside. Can't wait to share all of these, all of this great D2 wrestling information with you. Had a coach reach out to me from a program that's now Division One that used to be Division Two, and was able to help him find years of missing national qualifiers. And so... There's so many programs like that that need that information. And it's really been terrific to be able to help provide that and help provide for the continuing history of the sport and work with people like Jason Bryant to help with some of the archive information that he's working on in terms of programs that have been dropped, programs that have been added, you know, things like four-time Division II All-Americans. Uh, information like this that would be terrific for these programs to publicize and programs to celebrate, but they just don't necessarily know about these things in order to do that. How do these chunks of information go missing? Or, or, or I mean, how does that even happen? And the other thing I'm thinking of is the programs completely forgot too. I mean, they were national qualifiers and it, they just forgot them like they were nothing. Well, I don't think it necessarily was that. It was just, you know, coaching changes and, you know, records being lost. You know, you know, there weren't very many full-time SIDs up in, up into the late 90s. So if you have all these records, these paper records, people don't have time to go through them all the time. So I don't necessarily think that it was an intentional thing. It's just something that's happened. Wrestling has not been the most popular sport in college athletics for a long time. So it's, it's just about, you know, getting all that together though, and putting it in one place so that it is usable and that people can sort of rediscover this information. What's it been like working with national outlets? I mean, what's it been like fielding, uh, like you said, some calls from coaches. Um, what's it been like for you personally to build up this record to where now we are on track and the sport is in a good place because of the work you did? Um, 
oh, well, it's not just me. There's a ton of people that have contributed to this. And I think that it's something that is special for the sport. And it's something that, you know, we talk about the continuing sustainability of wrestling and the continued um, sustainability of a lot of these programs. And I think if you can show that history and show, you know, that you've had a history of being a successful program and be able to celebrate that history on the walls of your wrestling room or with banners in a gym. I think that that's just one more thing that adds to a program and it gives, you know, your student athletes on the mat each day in practice, something to strive for. And it really gives people, gives these student athletes, someone's people to look up to. And it really is just something, it's just about the overall history of the sport and sustaining that as well. Um, I would like to transition this part of the interview. I like to ask some fun questions for you. Uh, first one I have for you, Jackie. Uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure? Um, I have a lot, but there's one that sticks out to me because I still can't watch the video of it to this day without, without getting tears in my eyes. And we as a wrestling program, won our second regional championship in our own facility, in our own gym. And so as tournament director of that event, I was able to present my own team with a regional championship trophy. And that was a really, really special moment for me. I'm actually looking across because there's like, there's a picture of it in my living room. Oh, here. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Um, What about on the other side of the coin, which is a horror story? I thankfully don't have that many of them, I guess, to where there isn't really one that's sticking out in my mind. There have been, you know, just things that like injuries that have happened on the field. And, you know, we had a school in our conference close and things like that, that have really made me sad and sort of something that I like sort of would take personally as upsetting, but thankfully I've never really had anything where it's been a terrible horror story. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, what, uh, what's something you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? So I'm doing a lot right now, jumping back into the sports information side of it, doing a lot with green screen stuff right now, making, making some gifts. GIFs, I guess, my goodness. I fight with my student athletes about this all the time. <laughs> I'm going GIF. I don't care. Um, but that's something I'm working a lot with and actually having a ton of fun with. Uh, I try to learn something new each summer and learn something new that I can apply in the coming time. And that's sort of been it. Uh, Amazon offered me a terrific deal on a green screen. And I was able to get it and hang it up downstairs in our wrestling room and have some of the guys jump in front of it and been able to do some really cool stuff. What, what I found out uh, just in the first couple of days of being here, you know, I went from D2 mm-hmm. down at USI to D1 FBS with all these new toys that I can play with. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And now uh, I discovered some websites called uh, easygift.com, I think is what it's called. If I had known that last year, my God, we could have done so much more. But it's just, and then like you can't say it about the green screen. They got this whole room dedicated to like these 
I swear, like tens of thousands of dollars worth of these cameras, these giant cameras and green screens and everything. Oh and my. my boss showed me around. She goes, this is probably one of the, on the lower ends of what you see in the vision. Well, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is yeah. the first thing I've ever seen. This is great. So. Oh, how the other half lived. Yeah, I know. And, and that's what seriously, because we were, I'll tell you this. And it's so funny. You know, at USI, we post something. We might not get a comment for like hours. Okay. And I'm sure that's some same way at UND, maybe. Yeah. Um, hosted a watch party on our IU baseball account. The instant I clicked live, we had 25 people. And then a couple seconds okay. later, it was up to 100. And then a couple seconds later, you know, we were just like, I was like, what? what is going on right now? I couldn't like help but not watch the numbers. Um, so moving on here a little bit. Uh, in your mind, what traits or characteristics make a good ass ID? I think that um, I think that personality goes into it quite a bit. I think the ability to be all in, and I think that one that makes it so much more fun for you personally, and avoids you know the burnout and you know the hating of your job type thing that we unfortunately see way too much of in all of college athletics, but. I think that also it makes it more fun for the student athlete. Uh, I think it's I think it's great that we have people in the profession that you know are fans of the team that they work for, and you know the student athletes know that and appreciate that and feel that when they go out on the court as well. Um, and I think that means something. Awesome. Um, Work life balance, but you do have fun. Uh, work-life balance. So that's interesting. I do, uh, a lot of, I live in Indy, so there's a ton of great stuff to do here. Ton of great restaurants, um, big on restaurants with friends doing uh, a lot of reading. I'm a big reader, avid library user, haven't had an overdue book in my 34 years of life. Um, avid library user. And I'm learning right now, uh, some hand calligraphy and lettering i'm also pursuing a doctorate currently so wow yeah so uh, school work is actually something that's fun to me most of the time though so i'm one of those weird people you're good uh what's kind of your balance like doing your doctorate and everything with what you do now um so my doctorate is my doctorate is in doctorate of education in sport administration and it is in the final stages. I'm actually in the dissertation prospectus stage right now. So I'll be doing a lot of writing here soon. Um, but it's uh, it's been an awesome process and a goal that I've had for essentially my entire, my like since I was very young, honestly, to have a terminal degree. So Well, you're so close, it sounds like. You're almost there. Um, and you just kind of mentioned the restaurants and the bars and everything. I will, and if you're ever in Indy, you can call Jackie and you can also call me because I'll come up and say hi. Um, Absolutely. What's your on a bar recommendation? Um, St. Joseph's Brewery, just off of Mass Ave on College, south of Mass Ave on College. Terrific, terrific food. Great um, craft beer that they actually make themselves. The brewery itself is an old church. So it's a really cool atmosphere as well, but absolutely amazing food. Um, it's actually where I took 
the NCAA wrestling committee last year. I'm the chair of the committee currently, so we get to choose the restaurant. And that's actually where I took them for our meal last year. Awesome. Well, you know where to go now, everybody that comes to Indy, when you do come to Indy. And you better come to Indy. Um, anybody wanted to be in questions for you, wanted to follow up with you, uh, what would be the best way to do it? Uh, I'm always available via email. Uh, and I'm a pretty crazy Twitter user as well. Uh, at UNDSWA. And uh, my email address is available on our website. You can get it anytime you want. UNDathletics.com. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Jackie, thank you very much for coming on. We really do appreciate it. Absolutely.